0: London Property, Home of Super Prime, where you can find informative, educational, and entertaining content covering all aspects of property.
1: Hello and welcome to London Property, Home of Super Prime. I'm your host, Farnas Vazaipo, and today we're in conversation with Patrick Bullock and Oliver Chessis of KWM Wealth. Um, By way of introduction, and I will pass it on to you to do it, but Patrick is actually a very uh, experienced and qualified agent at the top end of the property market, dealing with generations of uh, buyers and sellers. And uh, Oliver has a lot of experience in helping people plan for older age. Welcome to the show. So, uh, Patrick, why don't we hear first from you in your own words, why you wanted to participate in this talk about equity release?
2: Oh, all right. Thanks, Faraz. Um, well, yes, I've been feeling for some time that equity release is a really good way these days for releasing capital in retirement, for, particularly for those who haven't got a lot of assets beyond their property. And I've seen many examples, particularly of elderly ladies getting to a certain age not wanting to move and rightly so because they've got their whole infrastructure of friends and they know the hairdresser and they know the grocer and they know the postman. They've got all their infrastructure around them. They could probably walk their way around their flat blind. Um, and actually, um, you know, as they come into uh, old age, um, it's better that they stay put for as long as possible. The last thing they want to do is to go into a nursing home and um, they often don't want to move house at all their key asset is their property. And the modern form of equity release is one where one can draw the money down gradually rather than taking a big lump sum and paying the compound interest from day one on the big lump sum. Um, If you agree a notional figure with your equity release lender and then draw that down gradually, you only pay the compound interest on that which you've drawn down and therefore the interest doesn't Um, accelerate in the same way towards the value of the asset and actually you can make that last for some considerable period of time um, whilst staying put in your own home and I find that a very useful thing for elderly people Um, but it's moved on from that too because the money that you're taking out of uh, your property is in fact tax-free and what I've found is that uh, Wealthier people who have perhaps more than one property, perhaps two or three, are looking at this as another way of taking capital, getting capital into their retirement in a, quite a tax efficient fashion. And it's very much a first world problem, and we should remember that these people, we can't feel sorry for them, they've, all, they've got assets, they might have stocks and shares, but if they sell their stocks and shares to pay for, um, they might not have enough dividend income to pay for the, the income that they need. So if they still sell, sell their suction shares and draw them down that way, um, but they will be paying capital gains on that. Whereas if they take it out of their property asset, they can maintain their lifestyle, have their two or three properties, move around, have a great time um, whilst um, having enough money to live on.
1: So like a good agent, you're finding solutions, even if they mean that you're cutting off your own Constantly income stream. Constantly
2: myself in the foot, yeah. <laughs>
1: But it is very much something that that you experience as an agent and you see because people usually transact for, for some set reasons, you know, retirement or moving or, you know, someone passing away, divorce, et cetera, debt. So it is it is definitely a topic that I think is going to be really interesting to to a lot of our listeners. And Oliver, can you tell us uh, uh, your role in this conversation and what's your background and experience and how you're going to be uh, helping us uh, answer some questions here for our listeners today.
0: Sure. Yeah. Well, I think it's really interesting, actually, some of the points that Patrick uh, raised. And really, it just highlights the importance of financial planning, which is which is what I do, um, working with my clients, as you say, to help them throughout their working life, really, but then also into retirement and making sure that they're um, making the most of any financial planning they've done up to that point. Um, there's lots of options often for clients in retirement as to different ways they can raise capital, whether that be equity release, obviously, which we're here today to talk about, um, but also important for people to bear in mind other options that they may have. Um, and I think really just to highlight that the sooner one starts financial planning, actually, the more likely they are to have those options into retirement. Last thing people want to do, as you say, is, is downsize, move out of a home that often has so many memories. It's in an area that they like, near, nearby their friends. Um, so it's about putting the plans in place early enough that actually they have other options potentially to equity release.
1: so um, really speaking broadly to 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 wide range of our listeners, from where you're coming from, you're advising that people actually start to set up their pensions and their ICAs, uh well before they turn fifty.
0: Yes, definitely. I mean, you know we see it a lot of the time with our clients um, the way that one invests money with compound growth on investments, whether that be through tax efficient vehicles like ISAs or pensions. Um, the sooner you start doing these things, the better chance you have of being in a in a more comfortable position into retirement. Um, it's not always an option. As Patrick says, sometimes people are left with just, just their homes and maybe a pension that's not quite going to get them far enough. Obviously, often state pension on top of that as well. Um, but yes, the, the sooner one starts doing these things, certainly before age 50, Uh, The benefits of compound growth over that time um, really do, you know, you can really show the difference.
1: So on the topic that we're discussing today, um, there is uh, what's the difference? Um, And I'm not sure whether we need your technical expertise in the financial world, Oliver, but obviously Patrick's done a, 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 a lot of digging and homework himself as well. So what is the difference between retirement mortgage and equity release?
0: Yeah, so I mean, I think it's just a turn of phrasing in my mind. Um, so equity release is a type of mortgage that one uses in retirement, um, and it's a formal product. Um, as Patrick says, actually, there's, there's different ways to do it now. It's not just necessarily a lump sum that one has to take up front. You can have a notional figure that you're able to take out of the property, and then slowly draw on that. Um, you, some people like to still service the income on those yeah. loans as well, which, yeah, which is an option. Um, but others, again, it's a, it might be a position where actually they have no other income and it's just something that's going to roll up over time and then um, as and when they pass or move into long-term care and sell, their property gets sold. Um, equity, equity release more generally is available to to um, to anyone who who has a mortgage. Um, I'm not, not sure that's necessarily the topic we're talking about today. I think obviously we're focusing on, on options in retirement, but it might be for people who have... Um, bought a new property, spent a lot of money on that property, and are looking to, for example, replenish their cash reserves, um, that's something that one can do, just take out, you know, it's just taking capital out on a mortgage, um, and it's not necessarily restricted um, as a formal equity um, release mortgage uh, loan is.
1: And in in your experience, Patrick, going, uh, you know, talking to clients who are, who are coming of, of a certain age and replanning their uh, lifestyles, what are you seeing as the sort of, apart from maintaining your own life, but what, do you, what are you seeing as, as a better way to plan and a better way to have income for your family? What are people using these equity releases for?
2: Well, there are a number of points, and I want to just come back to one thing that Oliver was saying, is that actually even now you can get um, a form of equity release or a a retirement mortgage on rental properties as well. It doesn't even have to be on your own home. So that just opens Mm -hmm. up the field even further. Um, So really the whole topic is about maintaining debt and releasing capital out of your property assets into retirement and quite far into retirement as well. So I get people coming to me, perhaps age 70, let's say, saying, well, look, you know, we're we're properly into retirement now. We've got two or three properties. I need to sell one to raise the capital in order to fund my retirement because my pension pot, the pension income is not enough on its own. Um, And so therefore I need to supplement it with the capital, raising the capital. But the problem there is that if they sell a second home, they will be paying capital gains tax on that. So there's a tax implication straight away. So my question to them is, well actually, are you still enjoying using that second property um, or are you renting it out and is it getting you an income? Answer, often yes. Um, and you know, would you like to continue to use that? Yes. Um, and then, well, why don't you consider taking some form of um, debt into retirement in the form of equity release or, or reverse mortgage or whatever, there's all sorts of different names for it. Um, and either servicing the debt as you go along, um, the interest as you go along, or simply allowing the interest to compound. But as I say, with this sort of modern method of being able to agree a notional figure, not take it all, just take it down in tranches and only pay the interest on the tranches, it's very, very manageable. And even though interest rates have ticked up in the last while, it's still relatively speaking, quite a sort of manageable way of taking capital out of your assets and using those assets for as long as you want Obviously, there comes a time when you're sort of 85 and quite decrepit that you might consider selling one off completely, paying off the debt, um, and maybe then taking equity release on your own home and using that as the income. So there's all sorts of different ways of managing it, but it's just just something that a lot of people I speak to have not considered. They're all worried about, oh, my pension isn't going to get me enough income. Well, this is a good way of doing it. Um, It also allows you, of course, to And this is an old-fashioned thing, really, or it's been around for ages. Um, And again, very much a first-world issue. Um, But, you know, a grandmother with grandchildren and her children are working really, really hard to make ends meet. They've got two or three kids. They'd love to send them to boarding school or send them to private school. Um, And the grandmother can do that. And in her lifetime, see the benefit of those children having that education. And because she's doing it in a measured seven-year rule way... Um, the inheritance tax implications, you know, it gets around the inheritance tax issue as well. So rather than, you know, saving and saving and saving and then dying and then paying 40% tax on your, or the beneficiaries paying 40% tax on your estate and then having to pay off the debt that was incurred in order to potentially send them to private school, just front load it and pay it to the kids now and and, and see it happen in front of your eyes.
1: Um, I mean... We can assume why there is a gap in the market for retirees, but um, would you agree there is a gap in the market for retirees or are there lots of options you've got for us that we just don't know because we don't know as much as you do about the financial <laughs> yeah.
0: world? Uh, no, I think I think um, for retirees getting a mortgage actually is very difficult and often the only option they have left if they're looking to maintain some sort of debt or raise money on their property is um, is an equity release mortgage. Um Again, it's perhaps a first-world problem, but I see a lot of clients who have passive income into their retirement that actually would support, um, you know, repayment of a a standard mortgage, if you like. But actually, getting a mortgage, um, certainly in your in your seventies, a a sort of standard mortgage in your seventies, and anything that you'd like to take you beyond eighty, is really difficult. Um, And it's you know, I I come from a, a banking background, and it was one of the questions that I. Would always ask internally all the time. Actually, it's a quite a difficult topic to raise when you have clients who are in a position to um, continue paying um, a mortgage. As I say, whether it be passive income or rental rental income that they have um, coming in, as to why banks are just unwilling. And I think it's the landscape in general, isn't it? It's until one bank moves and says, "Actually, we're, we're happy to, to allow our clients to do this." There's always
2: going to be very, very few banks willing to willing to um, to operate in that way. And likewise, I've been feeling exactly the same thing as Oliver. You know, the banks will standardly call in a mortgage mm. uh, from the the, the, the the borrower at the age of either 70, possibly pushed out to 80. Um, but they'll call it in. They want it paid back. And rather than morphing it into um, some form of retirement mortgage or or equity release option, which they could literally just morph it into it. But it seems like there are two sets of industries. The banking regulations um, and the, the banks have done it in a certain way. And the equity release uh, you know, industry has come up another route. And at, so far, the two have not actually met. It, it is slightly ridiculous that they haven't got their heads around just simply carrying on uh, mortgages into retirement. I'm sure they're getting there and will get there. But they're not, it's not openly in the market yet. And it would be so easy to do. Some, sometimes people can, can afford to pay the continue to pay the interest. Mm. And other times... Um, you just change the, the debt into something that then um, you compound the interest on.
1: I mean, I'm assuming the reason for that is that different banks have different products. So they focus on, would that be right? Because I actually had this question asked of me from one of my retiring soon, I'm assuming, doctors. Mm. And he said, look, my I, I'm going to be 80 next year and my mortgage is going to, to uh expire. What shall I do? And I said, I don't know. Wait until I've done the podcast next week and I will send it to you and you can listen to it and maybe we can give you some help. But so what would somebody like that be able to do where one bank is pulled in the mortgage mm. and they want to shift themselves over to an equity release situation? So do the equity release products have a kind of uh, maximum loan to value that they consider? How, how, how would that practically work?
0: Yeah, so it, it depends. I mean, most equity release mortgages will normally work off a certainly a lower starting loan to value on the basis that most of them do compound the interest. Um, so, you know, if you were going to start at an 80% loan to value, for example, it just doesn't work. The numbers don't work because you soon, um, you know, get too close to that 100%, if not further, depending obviously on how old you were and how long you lived for. Um, at the moment, that a client would have to look for a, a separate um equity release provider in order to refinance the full amount it may well be that they wouldn't be able to um, do the full amount depending on loans um, the the current loan that they had and the loan to value Um, for me though it should be that my issue isn't necessarily that clients and and people are able to move on to an equity release it's that that shouldn't be the only option equity release um, are normally more expensive than a sort of a a standard mortgage if you like Um, And my issue with certainly the high street lenders is that they should actually just be able to roll these mortgages on, you know, based on affordability and and credit checks and and sort of the usual. But if someone has some sort of passive income, which allows them to carry on paying that mortgage down, uh, whether that be, say, rental property, um, spare capacity just from their pensions, other investments, um, at the moment, they're not able to, whereas 10, 15 years earlier, they would be. So it sort of it almost moves into, without getting too controversial, it almost comes into a, well, why is it that just at a certain age, you're no longer able to use the same
2: income sources mm-hmm. to to service your mortgage? But And it's not even about you, say, about paying the mortgage down. I mean, at that point, generally speaking, someone who's had a mortgage for probably by that point, 25 years, the value of the asset is considerably mm. higher than the debt. So probably sub 50% of it is debt probably put sub 30% of it is debt in many cases. So, um, and the the need, there isn't a need in my view to pay down the debt at all. It would be about servicing the interest yeah. on it um, because frankly, dying with debt is in my view, a good thing because it lessens the, yeah. the size of the estate. I mean, I would actually be all for ramping up debt and shoving it towards the kids um, in the last few years and dying with the debt so as to minimize the IHT. So many times you see people who haven't done the planning um, and, you know the the mad the IHT bill is huge, so there are all sorts of ways of doing it. But the point is, dying with debt is not a bad thing, in my view. I suppose that could be the motto for the. For the <laughs> well, for no, the, the it's all. not a bad
1: thing in your view at all. But I would imagine the banks hate it.
2: Not really. No, I don't see <laughs> why they should. I actually don't see why the, they should, because right. the reality is the uh, the value of the asset is always going to be considerably more than the yeah. debt. That's a very managed process. Um, the the estate then just sell. Uh, the asset and pay back the debt the f- the bank will always have the first call on that mm. i suppose i'm not sure does the ih does the hmrc have a, fir- a prior call over the bank but- yeah so
0: you can't you can't start selling assets until you've paid your iht bill
2: true so there is that shenanigans to get through which is a bit of a nuisance but the reality is um you know you've got a million pound property you've got 300,000 pounds worth of debt um and that to the you've got to pay the uh iht and then um sell the asset and 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 pay off the debt and that's how it happens. The banks will not lose out
1: so now we're going to uh go to slight, slightly pre retirement age and say, okay, Oliver, we've come to you and we want to use our property assets as efficiently as possible. What would you
0: tell us to do um <laughs> well i mean every every you know it sounds like I'll fob off the question a little bit, but every situation is different um what I would say is that my job is about giving clients options rather than making them make choices. Um, so the more diverse, uh, the, the, sort of the more diversification they have in their assets, whether that be property, investments, um, watches, wine, any, any any anything like that, the more options they have. The 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 earlier they start that process of of building their wider wealth outside of any sort of earned income from from employment, um, the easier it is for them to make decisions, and the more options they have. Um, whether it be during retirement before retirement um, that obviously makes my job easier as well um, because I can actually then present them present them with options. I think for clients who have property where they have property that's not there, um, you know obviously they have their prime residence if they have buy to let properties and typically I've worked in the past of a lot of clients who do have whether it be buy to let or, or commercial property, they're always throwing off an income. Um, and it's, I suppose, using that most tax efficiently. Whether that be to be reinvested, how much of that is being used to for their sort of day-to-day living, supplementing their lifestyle. Um, so it genuinely does depend on on the client situation. Um, but as I say, it's about it's a, the sooner one starts having these conversations with a financial planner, financial advisor, actually, the easier it is and um, for them to plan.
1: Yeah. And people always think, oh, well, I'm not rich enough to have a financial planner, but actually. You can get richer by having a
0: financial planner. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think <laughs> I think for um, one of the things that I've sort of really realised in the role over the last year is that particularly actually when, when times are as they are, uh, very tough and inflationary environment and, and basic cost of living going up. You know, this is not about holiday prices going up and things like that. You know, you, you have to heat your home and you have to buy food and, and put petrol in the car. These are things that we can't avoid. Actually, any sort of financial planning that someone does, whether that just be simple cash flow, um, keeping on top of their cash flow a little bit, some sort of investing, using different um, options available to them, whether it be putting money in their pension, um, self-employed individuals, making sure they're taking advantage of using their business in the right way, um, whether that, again, be for investments, pensions, the protection that they have in place. It's all key. It's all really, really, really key at the moment. I think, actually, the environment that we're in um in some respects makes my job easier because when you go to talk to people about it, it it's more it's closer to the front of their mind
1: yeah
2: and for me on this one it's it um again selfishly dealing in central london you're dealing with people with high value assets it's about helping people to plan to continue to enjoy their lifestyle mm. as best they can and in the most tax efficient way and i'm not qualified in any way to give tax advice however i do find myself giving people many occasions giving people a good steer and they then go on off to talk to their financial advisor goes, Oh, actually, that's not such a bad idea. You know? So, um, we, I, I do find myself sort of involved in basically helping a load of people to plan for their retirement and, and equity release or into, into retirement mortgages, um, is one of the key things that can really keep a lifestyle going and also the ability to pass on to the next generation or actually better still the generation beyond that, um, because that's that's a really good way of passing down assets.
1: lot of food for thought. Thank you very much to both of you. I think that uh, our listeners know exactly the type of agent to go to here, Patrick, uh, if they want really to have their best interests. You know, looked after. Yeah, you, to, you're not trying telling anybody to sell
2: something quite I'm always <laughs> shooting myself in the foot. I <laughs> so often don't tell people, or not, don't tell. I don't tell people to do anything. But in discussion, in the course of the discussion, um, most of the time, I find myself managing to persuade by accident people to hang on to their asset for longer, which in itself is a completely new topic, which we need to do another time. Um, holding onto assets inappropriately, because I could argue completely the opposite way and say that it's quite inappropriate for us all to be investing in property into our retirements. We ought to be putting money into start-up businesses um, and not keeping it in property. But that's just another tangent.
1: That's another tangent, which I'll talk to you about, and we'll see where we go with that one. And Oliver, thank you very much. And again, you know, if our listeners need uh, to have some advice on where to go with their financial planning, then... uh, they'll be sure, sure to get in touch with you through our platform.
0: Thank you. Yeah, Thank and I, you. I would just add to that. I think, um, as I sort of said right at the beginning, the earlier one starts having these conversations, um, the better. And, and as Patrick says, you know, often actually sort of end up shooting yourself in the foot to help people. Uh, you know, a conversation certainly uh, doesn't cost uh, doesn't cost someone uh, anything. So um, it's sometimes it's just about getting people thinking in a certain way and that can really help.
1: Brilliant. Well, you're both exactly the type of people we like having on our platform. Client first, money second. Thank you. Thank you for talking to us. And uh, to find experts like Oliver and Patrick, uh, you can always email us at ask at londonproperty.co.uk and we can try and find you your solutions.
0: Thanks for listening to the London Property Podcast. Head over to londonproperty.co.uk and subscribe to our newsletter to receive latest updates.